Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Today we're going to talk about Jonah or Jesus. Sounds like a Christian game show, doesn't it? Who said this? Jonah or Jesus? And today we're talking about Jonah or Jesus. I was having a conversation with somebody a couple weeks ago, and we were just talking about life and, and what that looks like and all of its intricacies and, and decisions we have to make. And I was saying something about, you know, you can either be like Jonah or you can be like Jesus. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a really good thought, actually. And he was like, well, what do you mean by that? I was like, oh, well, let me tell you what I mean by that. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Jonah or Jesus. And the book of Jonah, it's only four chapters long. But it's actually a very interesting story. And it's what it really is, is a picture of God's plans and God's love to reach and save the lost. I don't know if you've ever really thought about that too deeply. But most people, when they think of Jonah, what do they think of? The, the whale or the big fish or who knows what that thing was. We don't know. And honestly, when I get to heaven, there are some things that I really want to go and ask God about right away. Like I just want to know what was that thing? Was it a whale? Was it a large fish? Who knows? I want to know. I want to get to heaven and I want to watch the DVDs of things that I am curious about. I want to see the video of Balaam's donkey talking to him. Do you know that story? Do you know that story? Remember I like noise? It's okay. Okay, okay. I really want to see what that looked like because I've pictured what a donkey talking would look like. We've all seen Shrek, or maybe most of us have seen Shrek. Was Balaam's donkey Eddie Murphy? I don't know. But I want to see when I get to heaven what that looks like. So the book of Jonah, most of us, when we think about it, really just think about Jonah and the whale. Jonah and the whale. When people talk about Jonah, it's always Jonah and the whale. We don't talk a lot about what the entire purpose of the story is. And today, we're going to talk about what Jonah's life was really about. And the big picture of Jonah and this story was God's love for the lost. Okay? Everybody say okay? Okay. Okay. So here we go. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, it said, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the people are. The first thing there it says is get up and go. Get up and go. Listen, I want to tell you something today, and you can write this down if you want because it's true now. It'll be true in six weeks. It'll be true in 12 years, and it'll be true in 55 and a half years from now. And if the world is still around in 200 years, it'll still be true then. And here's what I want to say to you. God is still speaking. God was speaking to Jonah. God speaks to me, God will speak to you, and God will speak years down the road in the future. He was speaking then, and he will speak always and forever. And what we need to do is listen. And what is God saying? He says, get up and go. It leads me to believe this, that God's not really interested in a lot of Christians who sit down and stay put. Hey, man. Just sit down and relax. 
You're a Christian now. Whoo! You made it. Okay, just take a breather. Sit down. Stay put. Take a nap. Here's a blanket. Here's a pillow. Nope. He says, get up and go. And I want to tell you today, and you can write this down as a word from God. There are things that God is saying to you to get up and go. There are things that God is wanting you to do. There are things that God has placed in your life. There is gifts, there is talents, there is abilities, there is callings, there's dreams, there's visions. And God is saying to you, Jill, get up and go. Jamie, get up and go to school. Learn, read those books, get up and do something. Chad, get up and go and do this. Don't sit down, don't take a break, but get up and go. And God is wanting to say to you today, do it. Get up and go. Do it. Don't sit around. Don't take a break. It's not the time for a break right now. Breaks come later after you've done something. He says, get up and go. So here we get, in verse 3, it says this. But then Jonah, but Jonah, everybody say, but Jonah. Mm -hmm. He got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. The Bible says, going on there, it says that he, <laughs> he went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish and he bought a ticket, got on the boat, hoping to escape from the Lord. Now, if you look, does anybody like maps? I like maps. I like to look at maps. I find that if I can look at a map, I can probably get around anywhere I need to as long as I have some point of references. So when I read the Bible, I like to go and find out, okay, now where was Jonah at? Where was Tarshish? And where was Nineveh? So get this. Tarshish was 2,500-ish miles away. Joppa was about five or 600 away. So God said, get up and go. I want you to go over here and I want you to talk to these people. There's something I want you to do, Mayo. There's a purpose. There's a plan. There is something you need to do. Get up and go do this for me because I am trying to accomplish it. So get up and go. And so the Bible says, Jonah says, hmm, nope, nope, I don't think so. And instead of going this way, he gets up and goes this way. And he doesn't go this way the same amount of distance away. He doesn't go 500 miles. He doesn't go 600 miles. He doesn't go 800 miles. He doesn't go 1,000 miles. He doesn't go 12. He doesn't go 15. He doesn't go 18. He doesn't go 2,000. He doesn't go 2,200. He goes 25-ish hundred miles away. And the Bible says that he was trying to escape God. Like if I just get far enough away, then I can't hear what he's trying to get me to do and I won't have to do it. So many times in life, that's exactly what we do. God says to us, I want you to do this. I want you to go and take care of that. I want you to stand up and say those words. I want you to go pray for that person. I want you to tell that person that I love them. Get up and go do it. And we say, I get up. No, I go this way. We get half of it, right? We do get up, but then we turn and go the opposite direction. Sometimes we just get up and stand there and don't do anything. He says, get up and go. And so Jonah got up and he went, but he went the wrong way, didn't he? There is plans afoot. I don't feel like people use the word afoot enough anymore. So I may just try and bring it back all on my own. 
I want all of our social media to have the word afoot in it in every post. Something's afoot at Connect Church. <laughs> Small groups are afoot. He says, get up and go. So Jonah did get up, but he went the wrong direction. Now, it's really interesting to me. And here's the thing. I thought about this and I read about it. I'm like, why would Jonah? Because when you read the Bible, and whenever I talk to anybody that I'm talking to and we're talking about Bible-y type things, I tell them this. It's really important when you're reading the word to keep it in context and understand what's happening. And sometimes when you read the Bible, it doesn't give you a lot of context or historical background. So if you're reading it, all you see is God says, get up and do this. And Jonah says, mm, nope, and gets up and goes the other direction. And you could be left wondering, why would Jonah do that? I don't understand why Jonah would hear God saying this and just get up and go the other direction. Does anybody wonder that? Am I the only one that wonders why Jonah disobeyed God? Well, something was afoot, let me tell you. So here's the thing. Nineveh was being ran by Assyrians. And the Assyrians had conquered the Israelite years ago. And the Assyrians were barbarians. They were barbaric. They would surround whole tribes. They would surround cities, and they would go in there, and they would torture people. They would kill them. They would cut off their hands. They would poke out their eyes. They would kill husbands and wives and kids and do all kinds of terrible things. And Jonah knew that Nineveh was filled with Assyrians. And being the good Jewish Israelite boy, he didn't really feel like the Assyrians deserved God's um, warning about the coming punishment. And Jonah says, if you go to the end of the Bible, in, or not the end of the Bible, but the end of the story in chapter 4, Jonah says, I knew that if I had gone there and told them that you were going to destroy them, that they would repent and you would forgive them. And Jonah didn't feel like they should get to be forgiven for what they had done. So it puts in a little bit more context, doesn't it? You realize this guy's like, no, I don't feel like those people should get a pass for all the bad things that they have done. But here, let me tell you this. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Sometimes we don't have forgiveness for other people, and we feel like they need to pay for the wrong things that they've done. They've hurt me. They've, they've, they've shamed me. They've done something wrong to me, and I want them to pay for what they've done. But is that what we want for ourselves? No, we want forgiveness for ourselves. And usually we want judgment for other people. But God wants to give forgiveness and love to everyone. And he's trying to get Jonah to go tell these people that they're going to get it if they don't turn from their ways. But what Jonah does and what a lot of us do is we allow our past to define our future. This was Jonah's past. This was his history. This was in his lineage. These were things that had happened in his family. These were things that had happened in his nation. These were things that had happened to families and friends that he knew, and he didn't feel like they deserve, or that, that they deserve God's grace and God's forgiveness. And so he didn't want to go tell them to repent. That's not what he wanted to do. He wanted to get what was coming to them, what he felt like they deserved. And a lot of us in our own lives, we make um, 
our past bigger in our life than God's voice telling us what our future is. And you can't allow your future to be defined by your past. And we nod and we say, yep, that's true, that's right, Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think if we were a little bit more honest, we would probably stop and say, hmm, I can see where I've allowed my past to define my future. I can see where I've allowed those things in my history to talk louder to me than the voice of God. I can see where my hurts and my shames and my feelings, uh, I can see where those things have been so important to me that I've hung on to them more than what I hung on to what God was saying to me or about me or telling me where to go. And you can't allow that stuff to hang, to hang on to you. You can't allow that stuff to hold you down. You can't allow those, cha- those chains to be wrapped around you, to be on your arms, those shackles holding you down and chained. You've got to take those things and let them go and move into the future. Thanks. Because I felt like I was saying some good stuff there, Lena. We know the rest of the story in chapter one. <laughs> Jonah gets on the boat. Gets on the boat, they go out. The Bible says that God sends a big wind, causes this massive storm to come out. And Jonah is downstairs in the boat asleep. And all the guys, all the, the shipmates are out there. They're rowing. They're trying. They're throwing things overboard. They're trying to figure out what's caused this storm. They're trying to figure out what to do to stay alive. And they go and find Jonah in the bottom of the boat. And they say, do you know what's happening? Do you know that we're all going to die out here? And so they're casting lots. This is how they used to find out who had done something wrong in the Bible, was they would cast lots. They'd take these dice kind of things, and they would cast these lots to find out who had caused the problem. And they cast these lots, and they find out that it's Jonah's fault that this big storm is happening. And they say, who are you? What have you done? What's your job? Where are you from? And why is this storm attacking us? And Jonah says, well, he says, my name's Jonah, and I serve God, and he's the God of the land and the sea. And they all say, oh, great. No wonder this crazy storm is going to kill us. And they say, what do we do? They say to him, Jonah, what should we do to you to get this storm to stop so we don't all die? Jonah says, well, well, the only thing I can figure out is if you throw me overboard, the storm will stop. Well, they didn't want to do that because who wants to throw a guy into the ocean? So they say, let's row really hard. They start rowing the boat as hard as they can to try and stay alive. And it's just not working. And finally, they pray, the Bible says, they pray to God. And they say, God, don't hold us against us for throwing this man overboard. And they throw Jonah into the ocean. The Bible says, as soon as Jonah goes in that ocean, what happens? Storm is gone. Just calms down right like that. The Bible also says that God had arranged a large fish to come and get Jonah. In the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of those times when God has spoken to you and said, go and do something, and you say, "Mm, no, I want to tell you this, that God is still making arrangements and plans for you. (laughs) 
I don't imagine that Jonah thought, well, if I jump overboard, if these guys throw me overboard, God's going to save me. There'll be a jet ski out there, and I can just jet ski back to wherever I need to go. Or there'll be a raft. There'll be something, and they'll just throw. No, Jonah probably figured if they threw him overboard, that was the end. And a lot of us find ourselves in times and places where we feel like we've messed up, or we've made the wrong decisions, and we've ran the opposite way that God has called us and told us to go. But I want to tell you today that in the midst of those places, that God is still thinking about you. He still loves you. He still cares about you. And he is making arrangements on your behalf. Because he loves us so much. He's always thinking about you. So they throw him overboard. This arranged mode of transportation shows up and swallows Jonah. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I want to see that when I get to heaven. I want to see what that thing looked like. I want to see the look on Jonah's face when he sees this massive thing coming. I want to see what it looked like with Jonah inside whatever this thing was. Because what I picture in my mind is Pinocchio inside the whale. Thank you very much, Disney. But that's what I picture about this story in the Bible. Do you know what I'm talking about? The massive whale that comes and swallows the entire boat. And then Pinocchio is just sailing around inside the whale on this boat. That's what I picture. I know it's probably not very accurate, but it helps me, so quit judging me. Jonah or Jesus? We see a story about God telling Jonah to do something. And Jonah gets up, goes the opposite direction. Because of his own feelings. I'm not going to do what you said. I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to go the opposite way. Well, let's take a look at Jesus for a minute. Go with me to John chapter 6. Hold your place in, in Jonah. I know it's hard to find. John chapter 6. Jesus is talking. And he says this. In verse 38. <clears throat> For I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, comma, not to do my own will. Let's flip back a book to Luke chapter 22. Starting in verse 39. says, Then accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. And there he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away in verse 41 about a stone's throw and he knelt down and he prayed this. And I want you to note what Jesus is praying. This is Jesus. So many times in our life we say, yeah, but that was Jesus. Yeah, but that was Jesus. Yeah, but that was Jesus. He was different. Yeah, but that was Jesus. So you pay attention here to this verse and look at what Jesus says. Father, 
If you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Dad, please, if you're willing, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this pain. I know what's coming down the road. I know what I have to do, and I don't want to do it. If there's any way, please find another way. Take this away from me. It's okay to make your concerns known. It's okay for you to say how you really feel sometimes as long as you don't stop there. Jesus let God know, this isn't what I want to do. And I'm not looking forward to this. But I want your will to be done, not mine. Jonah or Jesus? God spoke to Jonah and said, this is what I want you to do. And Jonah got up and said, "Mm mm-mm, too hard, too hard. I don't like those people. My past says no. I can't be that. I can't do that. I'm too hurt. I'm too broken. You don't understand my past. You don't understand what I've gone through. You don't understand my family history. You don't understand my health. You don't understand how bad that person was. You don't understand. I'm not going to do it. Jonah or Jesus. Jonah gets up and goes the opposite direction of where God's called him. Jesus is about to go to the cross and lay his life down. He knows what is coming. He knows the pain that he's going to be going through. He knows that Judas is about to betray him. But in the midst of that, he says, I don't want to do this, yet, and yet means this, more importantly, not my will, not what I want, but your will be done. And that's the difference between Jonah and Jesus. They both didn't want to do something. They both had reasons for why they don't want to go down the road that God is asking them to do. Jonah says no and gets up and go, and Jesus says, I don't want to, but it's what you're wanting that matters, and I'll get up and follow you wherever you go. Do you want to be like Jonah or do you want to be like Jesus in your life? Do you want to get swallowed up by some nasty circumstance because you disobeyed God and ran the opposite direction? I mean, you can do that if you want. Sure. That's what free will is. You're free to make whatever choice you want. But I'll tell you what, for me, I want to be like Jesus. I want to do what God is saying to do. I want to go where God's telling me to go. I want to open my mouth when God says to open my mouth. And even more than that sometimes, I want to shut my mouth when God says to shut my mouth. Because that's actually the harder of the two, isn't it? Especially when somebody's pushing your buttons and they're just getting that one button that you know, that they know is the button to push, and they keep pushing it, and they keep pushing it. Jesus surrendered his life and went to the cross. And because Jesus did that, from that point forward, everybody had the option to come into the family of God. 
right? He went on the cross. He died. He shed his blood. His body was broken for us. And because that blood was shed, that new covenant was created, giving us access to the kingdom. Now let's go back to Jonah and let's finish up here. Because the story of Jonah doesn't stop with Jonah and the whale. At the end of chapter 1, Jonah jumps overboard. God has arranged for him to be taken care of. He is inside of this fish. Jonah realizes the mistake that he has made, and he begins to pray to God. And at the end of chapter 2, God has arranged yet again for this fish to spit him out. And lo and behold, it spits him out, not in the middle of the ocean, but it spits him out right at the land. I imagine Jonah gets out on the land at the beginning of chapter 3. Look what we see here, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. And guess what he says? Get up and go. And I'll tell you this, I have had so many conversations in my years with people who say to me, I can't hear God talking to me. I can't hear God's voice. I, don't, I have no direction. I have no clarity about where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do, or who I'm supposed to be. And I always say this, what is the last thing that you can remember God saying to you? Notice how that message to Jonah didn't change. He said to him over here, get up and go. And Jonah didn't do it. And Jonah finally comes around to his senses and he's back on dry land. And what does God say? Get up and go. Just do it. So many times in your life, if you are stuck and you say, I can't hear God talking to me and I don't know what to do and where to go and who I'm supposed to be, maybe the answer is God has already told you and you're just not listening. Go back in your life to the last time that you could hear God saying something to you and say, hmm, did I do that? Did I lead where he led? Did I follow where he told me to go? God says, get up and go. So Jonah gets up and he goes to the city of Nineveh. And on the fourth day, or on the day in verse 4, that Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds. And he says this, 40 days from now, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast to put on burlap and to show their sorrow. Skip down to verse 10, and it says this. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind, and he didn't carry out the destruction that he had threatened. Why is that? Because God's ultimate desire and plan is to bring everybody to a saving knowledge of him. God's desire is not to steal, kill, and destroy, is it? Who do we know that does that? Oh, wait, that's John 10, and it says that's what the devil does. God's plan is to bring life and life abundantly. This entire story of Jonah is a story about God trying to redeem people who were lost. God trying to show them his love for them and say, I love you. There's a better way than what you're living. There's a better life than what you're going through. You don't have to be those people anymore. And who does he use? Jonah. 
a guy with some serious baggage who didn't want to partake in what God was asking him to do. But when he came around to it and he said, okay, not my will but yours, I will do what you want. I'll surrender my life and I'll get down here and I'll go where you want me to go and I'll do what you want me to do and I'll say what you want me to say. What is the outcome? An entire city is saved. Now it says at the end of that chapter, if you go on, Jonah gets in a funk about God saving the people. Come on, Jonah. He still is dealing with his issues. And I want to tell you today, God's okay dealing with you and your issues. God doesn't get offended when you're upset. God doesn't get offended when you're pout. He doesn't get his feelings hurt when your feelings are hurt and you treat him bad. He's okay walking through life with you. And at the end of Jonah, chapter 4, one of the last verses says, listen, there was 120,000 people in that city that I just didn't have to destroy, basically. What are you complaining about? Stand up with me. I ask you today, do you want to be like Jonah or do you want to be like Jesus? See, Jonah eventually got to where he was supposed to be going, didn't he? But what did Jonah have to go through to get there? Tell you what, I don't want to live my life inside of a fish or a sea beastie or whatever that thing was. That's not how I want to go through life. I don't want to have to go through life through all the muck and the mire and have seaweed wrapped around my head and smell like fish and smell fish. And I don't want to be in that place. And God is saying today to you, you don't have to go through those things. So many of the times in life, we go through those things because of choices that we make where we say, no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go this way instead. I've got two kids, Josiah and Sydney. Josiah is 16 right now, and he's a 16-year-old boy. And so many times, me and Josiah have conversations about the way to do something. Now, I am older than Josiah, obviously, so I say, listen, man, if you do it this way, it's a whole lot easier than what you're doing. But because Josiah is 16 and he's really, 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 really smart and knows more than me sometimes, he says, no, you don't understand. Let me do it my way. And here's what I do. Okay, okay. You do things your way and we'll see how that turns out for you. And you know how it generally turns out for him? You do know. You know, don't you? Not super awesome. And having to go through a whole lot more steps and a whole lot more work and a whole lot more pain and hassle than anybody had to go through to get to the end result. I don't want to be like Jonah. And I don't want you to have to be like Jonah either. There are plans and there are purposes for your life that God has ordained from the beginning of time. It says in Psalms that he has written the days of your life on the palm of his hand. He thinks about you. He knows about you. He's planning for you. He's arranging for you in the midst 
of your running away, when you're standing on the deck of that boat in the middle of the sea of your life and there are storms blowing and there are winds sweeping over the bow and everybody on the boat says we're all going to die, God is still thinking about you, still saying I've got a plan and I have arranged a ride for you to get you back to where you need to be. And all you got to do is say, hmm, that sounds way better than what I was doing. Jonah or Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.